Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. And listeners, today we're going to kick things off with a few scriptures just to set the stage for our topic today. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 4 For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh. I love those. Thanks, Michelle. Well, today, ladies, we're talking about joy, laughter, cheerfulness, and humor in the church and in the Christian life. And in just a moment, we're going to introduce you to our friend, Pastor Keith Foskey. And you might know Keith as the creator of those really funny videos with titles like If They Were Churches and Denominational Meetings, where uh, Keith uses his unique humor to compare the differences between various denominations and churches. And it's a great way to get us to laugh at ourselves and not take our differences too seriously. For example, he's got titles like If Star Wars Characters Were Churches and If Prince's Brothers characters were churches, and uh, the denominations throw a Super Bowl party, one of my favorites. That's right, and you really kind of have to watch the videos to get the full effect, but let's listen in to If Churches Made Survival Buckets. What would Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, and other churches pack into a prepper survival bucket? Well, let's find out. Everyone needs to be prepared in a crisis. So at Generic Baptist Church, we have created a survival bucket with a Baptist needs in mind. A family of four will have a 72-hour supply of easily reheatable 9x13 casseroles, fried chicken, and several types of delicious desserts. We have also included a copy of Rick Warren's new book, The Purpose Driven Survivalist. At Big Eva Multiplex Mega Church and Mini Mall, we provide each of our tithing members an emergency support bucket to sustain you in a crisis. It includes a two-week supply of instant cappuccino packaged at our in-house coffee bar, Jehovah Java. It also has protein bars specifically formulated by our on-staff fitness coaches and a signed copy of our lead pastor's new book, God's Got This. Also remember that during a crisis, all of our nine campuses will be open to those of you who have reached our minimum giving threshold, which is indicated on your membership badge. At Open Minds Methodist, we know there may come a day when you need to sustain yourself and your family during a crisis. And while we think everyone should place their ultimate trust in the government to care for us, We have created a survival bucket for those of you who can't just let go and let gov. Our bucket contains a day's worth of freeze-dried soy burgers, some gluten-free buns, vegan cookies with rainbow sprinkles, of course, and we also put in a coexist bumper sticker and a name tag where you can display your personal pronouns. Because even during the apocalypse, there is no excuse for misgendering someone. At Superior Theology Presbyterian Church, our buckets have everything needed to sustain you for at least two weeks. In it, we have a box of high-quality cigars, a bottle of Scotch whiskey, and a copy of Calvin's Institutes, along with the Westminster Standards. 
We also include several boxes of the ammunition of your choice. We have everything from 5.56 all the way down to 9mm. Our buckets have zero nutritional value, but at least you'll be safe and happy. And because we love our Reformed Baptist brothers, you can order a version of this bucket which replaces the Westminster with the 1689 Confession of Faith. But everything else is the same, because that's the way you all seem to like it. At Seventh Sign Dispensational Rapture Ready Church, we know a terrible crisis is coming, but we also know that we won't be here for it. So we have created the Left Behind Bucket. This bucket isn't to be used by you, but for you to show love to your unsaved friends and family. It includes a seven-year supply of freeze-dried food pellets and water purification tablets, along with all of the Tim LaHaye books, Kirk Cameron movies, and John Hagee charts to help them navigate their time in the Great Tribulation. If you love someone who isn't rapture-ready, be sure to get them a left-behind survival bucket. At Old World Mennonite Church, we don't use buckets for survival. We use them to feed the animals on our farms, where we grow, harvest, preserve, and prepare all of our own food. In the morning, Jedediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows. Other buckets get you through a few days to a few weeks, but being a Mennonite means you're prepared for life. We don't call it prepping. We call it living. Well, you can't see this, but Keith has a different outfit for each of the denominations he's portraying. I love those. Uh, everything from bow ties to skinny jeans and, and hoodies and those kind of things. Uh, those videos are going to put a smile on your face for sure. But that's not all Keith does. He's also a husband, a father, pastor, teacher, and podcaster. With that, let's welcome Keith Foskey. Keith, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Thank you, Amy and Michelle, for having me on today. Uh, again, my name is Keith Foskey, and I am uh, I'm the pastor of Sovereign Grace Family Church, which is a Reformed Baptist church in Jacksonville, Florida. I've been the pastor uh, going on 17 years at the same church, and it's actually the same church I grew up in. Uh, so it's a kind of a long story of how I, how I got to where I am because, uh, uh, it's, it's very odd to be, I've never been a member of another church. Wow. So, uh, I, I love our church. I love the people and, uh, my wife and I serve there, um, and have served there. We've been married for 24 years. We have six children and, um, we enjoy being in the ministry together. And uh, I'm not. She's not a pastor. That sounded really weird. Like, like, like we're in ministry. To, we got we, you. She's in. She's in ministry as my wife, and uh, and serves alongside of me in that role. And uh, and the the denominations videos, the the humor videos, actually started as a. Uh, it's kind of a goof. My wife and I really enjoy laughter. We really enjoy comedy. We we actually watch a lot of stand up comedy together, dry bar comedy, things like that. And and um, about a year ago now, we we had we we've had our podcast for a while. I have a podcast called Conversations with the Calvinist. And we've mm -hmm. had that that for about three three years. And um, we were trying to just think of ways that we might be able to help promote the podcast. And, and we noticed the short videos became very popular with TikTok and things like that began to be promoting these little 60 second or, or 90 second videos. 
And so we said, she actually said, she said, wouldn't it be funny if, if all the denominations got together and had a meeting and we, we said, okay, well, what, well, how would we do that? And I said, well, I'll just be each one and I'll dress up as different ones. I wore a bow tie for the Presbyterian. I've never worn skinny jeans. <laughs> they, they never see me from the waist, the waist I'm down. I'm just imagining. Anyway. So, <laughs> but, but, but I do have, you know, my, my flowery shirt, which is my ode to Rick Warren. That's big Eva. I've got my, um, you know, my pink polo, that's my United Methodist. And uh, it just so happens last night I was invited to debate a United Methodist on the subject of baptism, uh, infant baptism versus credo baptism. And I asked, can I wear my pink polo if I do the baptism, if I do the <laughs> debate with the, with the Methodist? So, Did you do so the that, voice too? Oh, no, well, not yet. <laughs> Are you <laughs> but, going to? <laughs> well, I, so maybe. So, <laughs> Like I said, so this all, it all started as a, as an accident. I made this one video. I posted it. It went for us, what we call viral. You know, it, it was, um, it, we put it on TikTok and it, and it did like 90,000 oh, views in a day. And, and for us, that was pretty big, pretty big deal. So we, um, so we made another one and now we've made 23 of them. So uh, it just seems like every every time there's a event whether it's St. Patrick's Day or you know, I mean just anything. And and currently not not to spoil any any anything but currently my wife and I are working on a denominations family feud. Uh so that's the so so we've got a lot of a lot of ideas. My wife's hilarious. She helps me write the scripts. She doesn't like being in front of the camera but she's great behind the camera. So we do this together as a family and we, we do it on my days off. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't really interfere with ministry. And, and, and so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that is so great. And, you know, I've really enjoyed watching all of them. I can't wait for the next funny one to come out and, and I've enjoyed your, your serious podcast as well, Conversations with the Calvinist. And, and so we really want to encourage our listeners to go check all of that out and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but would you say that uh, scripture supports using appropriate humor at appropriate times as a way of teaching and expressing the truth and exposing things that are unbiblical? I think so. Uh, I, I actually, you know, th- this is this is something I've had to wrestle with some because there 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 aren't a lot of explicit Bible passages that say, you know, be funny. <laughs> there there <laughs> there there certainly are the passages you mentioned earlier, and and one of my favorite verses in Scripture is that you know a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And there I go being all King James, but but that's what you know. Um, that's what I memorized the, it into. Yeah. <laughs> But you you know who who first introduced me to that passage was a man named Dennis Swanberg. Dennis Swanberg was a Christian comedian back in the 70s and 80s. He was an impressionist and he was one of the funniest storytellers that I ever heard. And and in the history of man, and I don't, I don't mean to geek out on comedy here, but th- through the history of man, the 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 storytellers have been the those who 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 have been valued in a, in a in a society because they were they they were they were the ones that provided us with uh, expressions for our imagination and for our humor and things before we had television and before we had you know uh, uh, radio there were men who would just gather crowds and hold court and they would tell stories or they would make jokes or they would do something and these men had value in the community um it's it's you 
you know, art has value. And I think mm-hmm. comedy is a form of art. And therefore, comedy has a subset of art and it's valuable. And so I think anything that we do to glorify God that is artistic and yet at the same time is, 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 is not, not hurting people. It's not, um, it's not damaging uh, souls, but, it, but rather is lifting them up, I think can have a lot of value. And then when we think about it from the perspective of, well, what is, what do we see in scripture? We do see irony, satire, sarcasm. If, I mean, our Lord, people, people may not like me to say this, but our Lord showed times where he was willing to be sarcastic for the point of driving something home. Um, in in his ministry, uh, you know, pointing things out and 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 in a way that we we take a step back and say, wow, that was that was pretty sarcastic. Uh, it, maybe people don't like that word. That was pretty ironic the way he used that language. And yet, I I, I see it as as being, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Jesus was a, a jokester, but I do think there were times where the language makes you sit back and go, I know what he did there. I know what he's doing there. He's 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 pointing that out, and it's it's uh, something that they're all going to get hit, you know, hit with. So I, I think there's I think there's value in it, and, and and not to go too long on this point, but Dr. R. C. Sproul is one of my heroes. Uh, had the opportunity to meet him a few times. He lived not too far from where I live, and so I got to drive down to Lake Mary a few times when he was when he was still with us, and um, he was so wonderful in the pulpit but he was never he was never afraid to at times drive a point home with a humorous quip or a phrase and all of us know what's wrong with you people <laughs> yeah. i was there i was there when he said that I was oh, in the wow. audience. My wife and I still, we kind of hold that as like a badge <laughs> of honor. We were in Orlando. We were sitting in the audience. And when he said that, when he said, what's wrong with you people? I looked at my wife and I said, that's, that's, that's a forever statement. That's yeah. going to be around forever because what he just said is powerful. And I don't think he was trying to be funny, Mm-mm. but it was, <laughs> it was very, the moment everybody was like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um, he was deadly serious at that moment. Absolutely. He was really um, absolutely. rebuking people for taking things too lightly at that moment. And so there's definitely, you know, times when humor is not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so like I said, that was, um, you know, th- that's my thoughts on it. I don't think that the Bible forbids it. I think that the Bible gives us examples of it, and therefore, I think it's fair game. Yeah, I, you touched on a, a few things I wanted to ask you about um, finding that right, appropriate balance with humor. I think there there are a couple of extremes that we see in modern Christendom today. We see people who are are you know deadly serious. They they never laugh, and they actually kind of take it to the point of if, if you giggle a little bit, that that's kind of flat to all the way to the other side where you see that that's what we see in sermons. It's all jokes and stand-up comedy. How do you find that that balance that pleases God? Uh, do you have to read the room and find out, you know, how to uh, do it in that moment with your particular audience? Or, or what do you think about when you're, you're planning uh, making uh, humorous statements? In general, I think that it, it men tend to be Men, and this is in general, we tend to be people who fall into one of two ditches. And I, and we talk about this in our church a lot. There's, in almost every issue, there are two ditches. There's the extreme on one side and there's the extreme on the other side. And the extreme ditch on one side is the guy who wants to be, um, 
you know, uh, a, a stand-up comic. And so he, he trains himself to everything he says is funny. And then when you're listening to him, you're not hearing a sober call to repentance or faith. You're hearing a guy who's making jokes for, for 30 minutes, and that's not a sermon. And then on the other side, you have those who are, are who are so sober-minded that they are never in any in any way uh, able to 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 lift the hearts of the people through a lighthearted yeah. statement and, and so so i think you have two wild wildly divergent extremes and um i i'll tell you this i don't i don't try to joke in the pulpit i, I don't consider the pulpit a place for comedy but there are times because i know our people there, you know, I've been again. I've been the pastor at the church for seventeen years. I and and most of the people in the church, I've either sat at their table or they've sat at my table. Most of them have watched my videos and they know my brand of humor. So, like a couple of weeks ago, I just I said something about superior theology <laughs> because I was talking in the sermon about where we as Baptists differ from Presbyterians. And I said, but you know, they have superior theology, so they're okay. And, and a few people, a few people went, ha, you know, like, like, I, I, yeah, I know that was a call, you know, that was referencing your videos, but I don't, obviously, I don't go into the pulpit dressed in a bow tie and, you know, for this, well, I do wear bow ties, but I don't, not for the purpose of, of pretending. But yeah, in that moment, it was very much a callback to something that a few people would think was funny. And but it wasn't it wasn't a that wasn't the point of the message or even the point of the statement. It was just a little thing that I threw in because people know what it is. And and so, yeah, I, and so, like I said, there and I don't plan that I don't write in my notes. Oh, be funny here, you know, um, because that that's not what I'm there to do. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you found that that sweet spot, that good balance between, you know, being sober minded, like we're called to be sober minded, especially pastors when they're when they're preaching and teaching the word. And then, you know, not being so um, straight laced that you're not totally relatable to the people that you're talking to, because that humor is just a part of our lives, at least for most of us. And, uh, and I think that that really helps at times in a sermon to uh, sometimes it even helps draw your attention back to where it ought to be if your attention has wandered from, from the point. So that that can be a really good balance. Is is your um, is your church supportive of your, your your videos and your use of humor in your videos? And then also how have um, your viewers have responded to your your videos? I would say the church is is really supportive. Um, the uh, when I first started, there were a few people that had that had some real like side eye with it. They, they, they were like, okay, you're dressing, you're dressing up in different outfits. You're, you're, you're playing, you're playing with a cigar. Um, one, one video I'm holding a bottle of Jack Daniels, but that was, it was part of the bit. Um, and so I have had a few people do this, but, but one guy, I'll tell you a story. This is, this is probably the best example of how this has all worked out. One of our deacons in a deacon meeting, he said, uh, the other day I was, uh, he, he he's construction guy. So he said the other day I was on a construction site and I was talking to another man and he said, um, what church, you know, they, they were talking about church. He said, well, what church do you go to? And he goes, Oh, I go to sovereign grace family church. And he goes, Oh, that's Keith Foskey's church. I love him. He has a great <laughs> pot. He, he has a great show and a great podcast. 
And, 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 and so this deacon said to me, he looked at me and he said, you know, I never understood what you were doing, but now I get it. He said, people are, people are actually listening to you and, 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 and they're getting more than just the funny. The funny is the, the funny is useful because, you know, as I always joke, nobody knew who I was till I put on the bow tie, right? Nobody knows, (laughs) you know, and now this tool is used because, there is a there there is a more important message, and that is the the gospel message. I, I in something else, we have had in the last year and a half, two years, we have had multiple people come to our church who had never ever been members of churches before, who got saved through online ministry, like like somebody either they heard the gospel on TikTok or they heard the gospel on YouTube or they heard the gospel on Facebook. And I remember one particular conversation, a man named Matt David, he called me, he goes, I've never been in a church, I've never been a member of a church, but I, I heard the gospel, and I believe in Christ, and I need to go to church. Now, he didn't hear it from me, but he heard the gospel through this online medium, and it, and that that was an inspiration for me to say, there's an, there's an audience, that the, the, the public square is, has changed, People don't people don't people don't go sit in the public square anymore and right. and do things. People are now online. So how do we reach the people in the public square? If 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 Ray Comfort can go out and use a magic trick to get people's attention so that he can share the gospel, then I can wear a bow tie and get people's attention so that they hear the gospel. Yeah. And so that's so that's a that, that's an avenue and our people see that. Our people see the value in that, and 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 the vast majority of them very supportive. Some people never watch them; they don't care. They just think that's just what Pastor Keith does, and that, that it's not a big deal to them. But I haven't had anyone up until this point be negative. It's just either been uh, they think it's great, or they you know it's whatever. It's just kind of something that I do. Um, and as far as the response. Very, very positive response. Uh, another reason why I enjoy doing it is because I do get a lot of nice emails, a lot of comments. And, and one funny response that I never would have expected is I have now had at least three to four pastors reach out to me for pastoral counseling. And I, I said, you know, I wear a bow tie, right? Like, you know, like I'm you, you, why are you coming to me? But what it was is because I'm making myself accessible. And these men don't have men in their lives that they can talk to or men that they can reach out to. And because I put my email address out there, because I put my myself out there and I say, contact me, I have had more people reach out and say, hey, I just need somebody to talk to. Our church is going through this struggle. You said your church has gone through a struggle. You know, we went through our reforming time back in 2008. We went through a name change in 2011. We've we've gone through these different struggles. And I've told those stories on the podcast. And now I have people reaching out. People who are saying, "Hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Baptist, and and some of my church members are Presbyterian. What, how do, how do I, how do I, how do I struggle with this? Because something I've struggled with, and people hear about that. So, so it, it's it's opened up more doors for ministry than, uh, yeah, than I ever would have thought. Yeah, these social media things that whether it's a video or a podcast, these are just tools for the real important message, and that's a a great perspective for all of us to keep in mind. Um, wanted to ask you. Uh, if you had a character or a, a personification of a specific um, church guy, what would it be? Like, like, are, do you like doing Presbyterians over uh, Big Eva, or what's your favorite? Um, my favorite to write is the Presbyterian. 
because because he is a cross between um all the Presbyterians I know who are very proud of what they know, and I love them, and so <laughs> yeah. that I don't mean to. That's not not in a way to be a shot, but everybody thinks like everybody says, "Oh, you're Presbyterian." No, I'm not. I'm I am I'm <laughs> pretending to be all the guys that I know who are very 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 uh, proud of the Westminster Confession and the the all you know. And again, you know, as well they should be. They you know obviously, and I've said this on my podcast. Presbyterians have one of the highest standards for pastoral ministry as far as training and expectation of education. Um, they don't have preachers who are what we call daddy called and mama sent. You know, they don't have that. They have preachers who've gone through a gauntlet to get where they are. So, so, so I, I, I take, and I poke at them with the superior theology, yeah. you know, I poke at them with that, but, but I love to write for them. I love to pretend I love to hold my stogie, <laughs> which I never liked. I, I lit it on one episode and it just didn't <laughs> look right. <laughs> so now I just, yeah, it's uh, the the Bible okay. study one. Uh, you'll see, yeah, if you ever go back and look at it. Uh, but but anyway, I was, you know, I'm holding the stogie. I'm 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 got the the eyebrow lifted. I'm you know I'm 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 it, like I said, and so it's all those guys and Doug Wilson oh, mixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the. the yeah. You so, can see um, Doug Wilson in that character for sure. Little. L- little bit, little bit. So, uh, and which is a poke too, because because a lot of my PCA friends don't really like Doug. So, so that oh. makes it even that makes it better. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys give him a hard time. Oh, I so. really like when you oh. do the big Eva. Uh, that that was kind of my background before the Lord opened mm-hmm. my eyes to uh, what I should be discerning. But uh, I think you nailed that one pretty good. It's uh, uh, pretty funny. <laughs> Well, Big Eva is probably the one that's the most fun to find stuff for because Big Eva, I mean, everything I've ever said in a video is based on some form of reality, whether it's driving mm-hmm. a motorcycle onto yeah. the pulpit, zip lining into mm-hmm. the, all of these things happen. I don't have to write anything. I just have to <laughs> right. look it up. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, if you really love Jesus, you will do a big Eva character. That's for yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, um, it sounds like you've gotten a really pretty good response to to the videos and to using humor and all that. But I know that any of us who are in any sort of public ministry, it's not all a bed of roses, you know, with the response to what we do. And, you know, I, over the years, I've, I've encountered a few mainly reformed Christians who don't seem to think that humor is ever appropriate, you know, and they've scolded me even, I'm not, I don't even make humorous videos or anything like that, but they've scolded me for making even the mildest of jokes. Have you ever received any criticism like that or people telling you that it it's unchristlike to make fun of other denominations and churches, that it's slanderous and scoffing and mocking and unkind and all that? And and if you have, how do you respond to that accusation? Um, you know, I, I have had some negative emails. I've had, some, as I said, I put myself out there. So I open myself up to receiving emails and comments. And we have a Facebook page, Conversations with a Calvinist, and we, we invite people to join and, and, and be part of it. You know, it's a conversation. People can get on and talk as long as they're not ugly or using foul language. You know, they're pretty much allowed to, to get on and engage. Um, I, I, I'll say a couple, couple things. Um, I've, I, I did have one person accuse me of, um, of wasting my time 
because they say you spend all this time on social media, you spend all this time on uh, uh, making videos, you know, you, you ought to be visiting the, the, the sick, you ought to be, you know, studying or whatever. And, and, and my response to that one was, um, you know, you're not, you, you're really not familiar with my schedule and how I manage my life, but right. my, my full-time life is ministry. And part of my ministry is making content for online. And my, my, my elders see that they recognize that. And so I do manage my time in a way that I feel like is, is God honoring. And I stay up very late at night and I try to get up as early as I can in the morning so that I can have those times to do that. And as I said, on my days off, I'm usually making videos with my family. My kids get into it. My son, loves to make videos so we we do it together and um and so you know th- th- that's one thing that's one piece of criticism i've received and uh, another thing you know it's funny um you, you asked about humor. I, I guess I should stick with that. I, I get criticized for several things. I've been criticized for being, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who struggles with my weight and I've had a lot of, a lot of people criticize me for that. And that's something that I try to, I, I try not to talk about a lot, but it is something that I've had to deal with as far as my own self and the, the, how I eat and how I diet and how I exercise and go to the gym and things like that. And I teach karate and I've taught karate for 30 oh, cool. years. Um, people, pe- people don't know that. And, and they see me and, oh, you're just lazy and slothful because you're overweight or whatever. You know, there are all kinds of things. So, so those are some criticisms that I've had to deal with. Um, I will rarely get people who say, you know, you shouldn't try to be funny because, you know, I point back at him. I say, even Paul Washer, as 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 stoic as he can be, will throw out a, a quip every once in a while. I remember the time he was at Grace Community, and he did a callback to his, you know, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about yeah. you. And because we all know that from the youth me- message that he did years ago, well, he was at he was he was at the pastors' com or the shepherds' conference, and he was talking about ministers, and they clapped, and he goes, "I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about." And everybody died laughing. It was like almost you had to stop the sermon because he made this great callback to his own statement. So. Very rarely will I find somebody who says, "I'm you're not allowed to be funny." Now I have had people who. I was great until I made fun of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had one person specifically, I'll, I'll never forget this because I, I was really trying to be kind to this person because they seemed like they had a very sensitive soul. And so they were contacting me and and they were thanking me for my ministry and for the humor and blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I you know, I would message them back and say, thank you for the encouragement. Well, I made a joke about Bill Johnson of mm. Bethel. And all I said, if I remember right, was I, I didn't say anything. I said something about the fact that he was wearing glasses and if he could really heal. I, it, was, it was such an innocuous, you know, like if you're really a faith healer, you shouldn't have a splint on your finger, you know, something like right, that. Right. This person lost their mind. I got a, I got like a, a, a four page email outline of how terrible I was and how dare I strike a saint of God like Bill Johnson. And, 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 and Pastor Bill Johnson would never say evil about me, but I'm saying evil about him. And Pastor Bill Johnson would never do this, but I did this. And I was like, Okay, uh, I wrote him back. I said, "You realize this guy's a heretic, right? You realize this guy's, you know, you're calling him Pastor Bill Johnson. You realize this guy is is literally teaching theology that is unbiblical, hell in in inducing, wow. in, in, or, or or pointing people to hell. You realize it's a dangerous man that you're defending." And then, I, and then I, then it was over. Wow. Then they had nothing else to do with me. They blocked mm-hmm. me and everything. And I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to, yeah. And I've had people defend United Methodists. We're not all that way. And I say, I know that's the, that, 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 that's the reality though, is, is the, the people who are in charge are making you all look bad. So yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. I I think up here in Wisconsin, um, people like to think that just from uh, movies, the teen movies where people go out and tip over cows, cow tipping. We don't really do that up here, but um, I, I like to think that we, 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 Michelle and I like to do a little sacred cow tipping once in a while. And uh, yeah, the reaction is yeah. the same. Um, we just hope, though, that, that people's eyes will be opened by the Lord when they are following false teachers. And, and we do have to talk about that from time to time. Sometimes we, if we use humor, sometimes um, people aren't happy with that. You know, there, there are people who are really good at doing that, but um, yeah, we just, the hope is that if, whether you're using a humor or you're dead serious, that people's eyes will be open to the truth if they are uh, following um, deadly, dangerous teachings. Amen. Yeah. Well, Keith, from time to time, you know, we hear from followers that are in, in good, doctrinally sound, reformed churches, probably a lot like yours, uh, but there's a little bit of difference that they say that their congregations are cold and it's impossible to develop close-knit relationships with others and things of this nature. And these women are, they're just lonely and friendless right there in their own churches. So we wanted to just ask, why do you think, you know, as a pastor, why do you think that is? Is is there anything that can be done about it? And could appropriate humor at appropriate times be one of the factors that helps bring a little warmth into these congregations? Yeah. And, and boy, this is, um, this could take another half hour, so I'll try not to, <laughs> uh, but the, the, um, because now, you know, when we, when we get into the subject of, of, Pastoral ministry and and congregational fellowship, we're we're really diving into the uh, an area that 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 goes beyond humor and and it goes into the area of genuinely trying to develop relationships with people. And one of the ways that you develop relationships with people is you is you try to create an atmosphere of trust where you have the ability to be honest with people in a way that that they know that they're loved and they know that that they can trust you and um not that you'll never make a mistake and that not that you'll never fail but that your 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 intentions and and your your motivations are are for their good and so um i, I think about i th- i think about stories that i've heard from other churches where the where the pastor is 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 disconnected from the congregation he spends all of his time sort of uh it, it, almost cloistered uh, and sequestered so that he can so that he can be the man of god that they need which is this completely serious and 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 powerful rugged man of god who who only emerges from his cave once a week to to proclaim the oracles of god and then he and then he, and then he climbs back into the cloister for another week of 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 reading and study and and that's great if that's what people are looking for but i have found that people want a pastor who will um who will come and sit at their table who will hug them who will love them who will who will you know watch their home movies and laugh with them and and have an, have real relationships and i do believe real relationships are what you're talking about mm-hmm. because real real relationships they do involve more than humor but they're but they're but but, but they they include humor and they include listening and they include talking and having conversations and really caring about people and what people think and what people believe and um 
and 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 many pastors are really good at monologue but we're not always good at dialogue we're really good at speaking to people but not speaking with people um and and, and so learning to develop relationships is is so important so i feel for those ladies my wife my my, my wife she goes on to some online discussion groups and, and and oftentimes she doesn't engage and I encourage her not to I'm like don't get involved but but, <laughs> but she'll read these sort of horror stories from other churches and things that are happening and often it's pastors wives who are who are they feel so they feel so disconnected from people they feel so so um so separated and 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 and, and that's really sad because we have this we have this atmosphere in the church that I think is is I, I just think it, it's it's so based in a wrong understanding of what fellowship is and and I, I don't know like I said I I don't want to I don't want to get too weird but we we enjoy we we have people at our house like all the time. Um, we, 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 we want to have people over. We, we had a back porch built on our house so that people could come over and we could have cookouts and we could have things because we want to have, we want people to see that our, that our kitchen isn't always clean. We want people to see that our, that our house isn't always, uh, we don't, we have six kids. Only one of them's moved out so far. And that's my son who lives in Germany. He's in the air force. All the rest of my kids live at home and we don't live in a museum. And so, um, those are those are things that I think are valuable, and uh, and, and if somebody's having if somebody's struggling in a church to for fellowship, if somebody's struggling, if they feel disconnected, one of the first things I tell people to do is show up early and leave late, um, because those those are two ways to get to know people. The worst things that I see, and I remember visiting a church. My wife and I visited a church in the mountains one time because we always go to a church. If we're if we're, if, we're, if I'm off on a Sunday, we'll go to another church. And we were in the mountains, and we went to a church. Church started at eleven o'clock. It ended at twelve, and by twelve o two, everybody was oh, gone. Wow. Okay, we, we were stand we were standing in the sanctuary, going like like <laughs> where did everybody go? And mm-hmm. and the and the and the person who had preached, it was a guest pastor that day. He said, "Yeah, they're just they're they went home." I said, mm. "So they don't?" I said, "So they don't spend time together." They come together and worship. They don't spend any time together. So that that for me, I think, is a big yeah. deal. And, and so, yes, humor is important, but also just the just the desire. I don't leave church for an hour at least after yeah. service every Sunday. I'm there, if I, you know, because I'm just sitting around talking to people. We're talking about what's going on with the church, what's going on, what I preached about, whatever. And, and you know, my my family knows. My kids, it's like, psh, might as well just find something to do because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Make it a day because, yep, dad's dad's talking and ours is like that as well. You don't leave right after unless you have something going on, but everybody just hangs around and that's how you get to know each other. So, yeah, Keith, it's been so great to have you on the show today. As we wrap it up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners that we haven't asked you about? Well, I just... Just ask for just continued prayer for for our ministry as 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 you know i i what what people see online is the fun yeah. stuff, but ministry is still hard ministry yeah. is still difficult um we have uh we have people in our church that are grieving 
and I'm seeking to minister in their grief. We have we have struggles, just like every other church has struggles, and there are times where those struggles are really hard. And so, um, just just ask if people are praying for ministries to pray for ours. Pray for Sovereign Grace Family Church. We have an academy, which is a two year ministry training program. It can be done online. So if anybody's interested in wanting to be a part of that, it's not accredited, but it is based on the same seminary training that I received when I was in seminary. So they can come and they can do it for free, and it's all online and it's available, and, and we want to make that available to people at SovereignGraceAcademy.org if people are interested in that. So those are just some things I would, I would yeah, ask for. We absolutely for. will pray for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're, you're doing so many different things and I know you're extremely busy administering. You're putting out such great content for that is reaching so many people. And we're going to put all of your links in the show notes, but can you tell our listeners where on the world wide web they can find your, your podcast and your videos and your social media and anything, any other way you want them to connect with you? Uh, the easiest way is just to go to calvinistpodcast.com. That will take you directly to our YouTube page. And everything that I do uh, as far as video content goes onto YouTube. I also share it on Twitter and, and TikTok and other places, but YouTube is our main hub for all of our material. We also have, again, like I said, if they're interested in actual learning and, 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 and diving deeper, SovereignGraceAcademy.org. Uh, and if anybody's in the Jacksonville area and interested in visiting our church, that is Sovereign Grace Family Church of Jacksonville, and it's sgfcjax.org. Well, careful what you wish for, Keith, because uh, in the wintertime, us Wisconsinites like to go to Florida. So um, don't be surprised <laughs> if you see us darkening your doorstep and sitting in your pews. <laughs> well, Amy and Michelle, and Michelle knows this because we've already got something set up. If you come to Jacksonville, tacos are on me. <gasps> we have a great Ooh. Mexican restaurant right near the church. Church and it's 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 I call it my second office because I'm there so much. So. <laughs> See no more. <laughs> oh, that's okay, so great! Thanks so much for coming on. You know, we really enjoyed this, and I know our listeners did too. Yes, we really, well, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you well, listeners, we tackled a unique subject today. What did you think? What did you learn about humor in the church and the Christian life? You can head on over to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages. Just leave a comment and let us know. And you can find all the direct links to all of our social media pages on our website, awordfitlyspoken.life. And until next time, smile and laugh, be cheerful and joyful, and walk worthy. 